0: The Southern Ground Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. It's forged in combat and tailored for hunters. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can start your free 14-day trial today by visiting SpartanForge.ai and you can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND, that's all lowercase, all one word, SOUTHERNGROUND at checkout and that'll get you 25% off of your purchase. If you're wanting to know more about saddle hunting, well check out TetheredNation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters and they're redefining ultralight hunting if you'd like to support the southern ground hunting podcast you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting or you can click on the link in the show notes of this podcast episode we offer two different tiers for our patrons that offer a solid list of benefits we'd love for you to join the southern ground hunting community today again that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting and now let's get to the show Hey guys, last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women and by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn points, you start to unlock awesome rewards too. Such as gift cards, free stuff, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. Alright, on the line with us today, we have got a special guest from uh, Alabama, the God's country. Um, we got Jay, Jay Hembree from Panola Productions. Jay, how's it going down there in, in, uh, South Alabama?
1: I'm doing good. This is definitely God's country down here. Uh, everything's going well. I got to turkey hunt this morning, so I'm feeling pretty good.
0: Time out. You got, oh, it's, it's youth yeah. season. I, I was like, wait a second. How did you do that? Uh, yep. you got youth season. So did y'all do any good today?
1: Uh, we had a hunt uh yesterday we went yesterday morning and today we took my nephew cooper me and my brother took him and we we got on one yesterday morning he gobbled really well uh on the limb flew down gobbled sparingly and then finally cranked back up pretty good on the ground at one point had some had some hens around him a couple more long beards were nearby and we we were getting in tight on him had just called and made like, a move to about 100 yards and then we had to go because Cooper had a soccer game. So uh, <laughs> we, we left the woods, left a goblin turkey, which absolutely mm. killed me. Uh, then the other team never even showed up to the game.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sucks. Insults to injury right there. Oh, dang it. That is rough. I don't yeah. – I I, I, th- I think I've left one time – I left a goblin turkey that was actually like six goblin turkeys, uh, one afternoon because I felt it was in Tennessee last year. And I felt like my, my buddy Adam was going to be worried about me because we had planned to meet up. And, uh, and so I left the woods. I had no service. I left the woods, went and met him. And I was like, dude, I left like six goblin birds. He's like, why are you even here right now? He's like, you need, (laughs) like, there's no scenario that I would ever leave that many birds (laughs) for. And I was like, well. I'm a good friend, you know, I didn't want you worried yep. about me um, but that's that's awesome man i'm I'm glad you guys I'm glad you guys were able to get on one there's something there's something special about that like that first hunt, and when on that first hunt, you get to hear a goblin turkey like that is that's fun
1: Def- definitely man it, it was uh he he gobbled we got on the same bird this morning, kind of had a plan of where to be and approached it from a different angle and I'll be danged if he didn't roost in a different spot right above the road we should have been walking in on. And uh, he flew down exactly where we wanted to be set up. We just couldn't get there because, you know, we would have essentially gotten busted. And he gobbled pretty good in the tree this morning. Two other longbeards flew down with him, and I watched them fly down. They went away, and uh, after that, they pretty much got with the hens and didn't gobble a whole lot the rest of the day. We stayed out there till noon, and and about – That wore all of us out, but, um, it was, it was a good hunt. I mean, we, we gave it our best effort and Cooper did really good. I think he enjoyed himself. Um, he's five years old and, uh, killed one last year as a four-year-old, but he, he does really well for a five-year-old. I mean, he's, he's kind of got, you know, some woods instincts, I guess you could say.
0: Mm -hmm. That's funny. Uh, it's funny when you think about it last year, he could have potentially killed a turkey that was as old as he was uh (laughs)
1: yeah and i and the turkey he killed was a nice one and he uh i got a picture of it on my instagram i think panola productions is is the one that's on and he's holding the turkey and it's almost as big as he is it's it's kind of a funny picture but um that's that's kind of wild to think about that
0: yeah it is so so kind of moving into that so guys listening to this if you're not watching panola productions on youtube first off you need to go and do that so as you are listening to this right now you need know, to go to YouTube, find Panola Productions, and subscribe because it's really good stuff. Um, Jay, you, know, you you talked a little bit briefly about your Instagram, but you've been doing this YouTube thing for a little while. And we're in uh, – this is going to be the, the final episode of the Creator Series that we're, we're in, kind of segueing into the, the deep of turkey season. Um, but talk a little bit about that, about your about your YouTube channel, kind of how you got started with it, and, uh, and kind of where you see it um, – see it going in the future
1: well first of all I appreciate the kind words um i'm i'm by no means a, a, a professional hunter or anything like that i'm i'm trying to learn every year i'm trying to get better every season i try to think about things that i can do better as a hunter and and so in saying that i've been recording turkey hunts and different things for pretty much since i was a little kid i mean me and my brother used to video fishing at the pond and different stuff and um, I've always kind of been fascinated with it and so when we started turkey hunting I started taking a camera and we realized we could you know every once in a while we'd get a good video or what we thought was a good video and uh, it was fun to watch it back and and share it with people share it with our family and stuff and so I think I think around 2000 I don't know six seven eight nine something somewhere in there kind of the late 2000s i've made a youtube channel and i called it panola productions it was just kind of a funny name and um it was it was honestly just for laughs but i kind of started growing into into something a little more serious and I and the 2019 season is the first season i really kind of took it a little more serious and i started kind of videoing every day that i could and last year 2020 i got a little better at it. I, I tried to kind of tweak my camera setups and stuff and I was able to get more footage. I had a lot of really good hunts last year. I was, I was blessed to to have some good hunts and get, get footage of them and stuff. And so I, have I don't remember what episode I'm up to now, 13 or so, but I've got several more episodes from 2020 that I need to get edited and, and put out there. And, uh, you know, it's just something that I enjoy doing and, I enjoy sharing it with people that want to watch it. There's, there's a lot of people that just look for Turkey content on YouTube. I know I, I do that as well. And there's something about seeing, seeing terrain that you're familiar with. A lot of the people in the South have hunted stuff similar to what I hunt. And it's uh it's just something fun for me. It's, it's challenging and it, it presents different challenges for me, but, um, I've, I'm pleased with where it's going. It's, it's grown a little bit this year and, off of that um, several months ago, I kind of started a thing called Panola brand and i've I've got a website www.panolabrand.com, dot com and i've i just sell some hats and shirts and i've got some kind of some different designs on shirts and stuff and I've got some stickers and all that but i i tried to tried to kind of play into the uh, i felt like I needed to do something more with it instead of just you know trying to trying to grow myself and my brand but I'm good friends with David Holly. he runs a wild turkey report on Instagram he lives in the town that I do and we we've been managing our own properties for years uh, for wild turkeys and we do a lot of habitat type stuff like burning and uh, different timber management stuff but we also trap a lot and we trap nest predators and different things and so we're we're trying to encourage people through social media to uh, get involved in, you know, kind of conservation efforts. Like, uh, a lot of people don't have access to private land and to things like that to, you know, do do habitat work on a large scale, but most everybody can go out and buy some, some traps and trap some nest predators to attempt to help wild turkey populations. So, anyways, I say all that to say, Uh, we kind of came up with a hashtag save the polts, and I've got some shirts and stuff with that on it. And that's, that's kind of where I was headed with Panola brand. I wanted to try to do more. I wanted to try to help the wild Turkey as much as we can. I mean, Lord knows we take enough from them as it is. So, you know, it's only right in my mind that we try to give back. And, uh, so I, I've coupled that with my videos and Panola productions and stuff. And so it's, I've, I've been blessed cause it's done well and it's, it's keeping me busy right now.
0: Yeah. And you, and I mean, it's almost, I'm constantly seeing, I mean, well, very, very well known people using that hashtag save the pulse and, uh, yeah. and that's, that's a really cool thing. So obviously you have a huge passion for turkey hunting. I know before we started talking, you talked a little bit about deer hunting. Is it kind of one of those things? Are you a, are you a turkey hunter who deer hunts during the off season are you a guy that just enjoys both of them equally, or uh, is it the other way around?
1: No, you, you nailed it with the first one. I, I deer hunts past the time. Um, I usually reach a point in the season. Don't get me wrong. I love the fall. I love changing of the seasons and everything. I love being out there with a the boat. Uh, I get to a point in deer season because our deer season is incredibly long where I almost find myself hating deer season. And uh, <laughs> so I, I am 100 <laughs> and a turkey hunter first and deer hunting is just to pass the time. So, uh, that's just the way I'm wired, I guess.
0: When did you, when did you figure that out? When do you, when did you learn that you were going to be a diehard turkey hunter?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Um, it's always, it's always been more fun to me to go turkey hunting. and, And one reason for that is you could always move more. I mean, you can, you can hear a turkey. The sights and the sounds of turkey hunting are so much more than me, and uh, you're you're able to move around and try to go to that bird that you hear gobbling in the distance, and you get closer. Your adrenaline starts flowing, and and all of that stuff. And and so I've always kind of been that way, but I guess I don't know. Probably, probably eight or ten years ago is when I really got a lot more serious about kind of just, just saying, all right, I want to be the best turkey hunter that I can be. Not to compete with anybody, not to try to outdo anybody, but just try to improve myself and, and me as a turkey hunter every season in some way. And, uh, and you know, that's that's kind of what led me to where I am today. And, you know, I, I say that I don't have everything figured out. I don't think anybody does when it comes to turkeys. But um, I've I've got a lot of friends that are good turkey hunters, and I try to learn from them every time we go hunting. And there's, that's one, one cool thing about hunting with somebody new, you, a lot of times you'll learn something from them, even if you've been hunting a long time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've learned that when I, anytime, even if I go with somebody who's been hunting the same amount of time as me, everybody kind of, everybody, everybody attacks it differently, you know, and, and it's, it's so much fun. I, I, I'm with you. I love the camaraderie of turkey hunting. And when you can go with people, because you can cut up and be silly and uh, talk, you know, you, you don't have to just sit there being quiet the whole time. You you get to move around and it's just, it's just fun. Um, I I love it. I'm I'm a huge fan of, of spring, but I'm like you, I love the, I love the change. You know, I, I wouldn't say at this point in my life, I wouldn't say there's a, that I lean, I, I would say maybe I lean a little bit more towards deer, but whenever we're in turkey season, man, it's like. It's one of those things that it's hard, it's hard to take your mind off of. And part of it is because in the South, as you know, um, we do have a little bit lower turkey numbers and, and it's harder. Like you can't be nonchalant about turkeys in the South. Like if you are, you're probably not going to kill a lot of them. (laughs) You're going to, you're going to struggle a lot more. And so um, have you, have you, that being said, have you spent much time hunting, turkeys in the like midwest and northern states or have you pretty much stuck to the south
1: i've i've not hunted any western states uh the the furthest west i've hunted is minnesota i've hunted it twice and i've hunted wisconsin and uh everything pretty much from there is east and uh no i've not hunted any western states i hunted some northern states i hunted new york vermont massachusetts a couple years ago and that was fun. Um, I funded several Southern States now, but I've not made it to the Western States yet. Um, but there's, there's just even in my limited travels. And and I say all this, I've not hunted outside of Alabama until about three years ago. And at the end of our season, my buddy kept pestering me about coming to Minnesota. And I said, why would I ever go to Minnesota? And you know, things <laughs> happened. And I, I ended up going up there and I killed a bird and it kind of just, of just got in me i said man i can extend my season i can i can spend time traveling and kind of invest myself in in doing this and so that's what i've done for the last couple of years and it's been really rewarding to to go to other states and travel and try to figure it out in a short amount of time that you're there and uh i will say though that there's nothing quite like you know being in alabama and for me in a hardwood swamp bottom somewhere working a, a turkey
0: uh, that's kind of what I grew up doing, and that's that's really what what gets me going right there. Could you do like a comparison on? Obviously, you have spent a lot of time here in Alabama. You spent a lot of time, a lot more time in the South. Would you say there is a huge difference between hunting turkeys in the northern? Uh, I know I saw one that you were in uh, Illinois. What would you say are the biggest differences about? Uh, spring turkey hunting in in the the south and the i guess northern midwestern you know kind of the the rest of your areas that you've been to
1: i'll say every turkey i've hunted so far has been eastern subspecies so every turkey and turkey hunt that i've been on in my life the turkeys the turkeys are similar they're all pretty much the same uh they act very similar to me, the biggest differences uh come when you apply the pressure and the amount of pressure that a a given area receives is usually the kind of the determining factor on how that turkey's gonna act. I mean obviously time of year and all that stuff's gonna play a part in that. You know, if it's later in the season they don't have as many hens. But uh pressure is big. I mean even on private land that I hunt, it's after several weeks of the season when you've kind of been you know working on them pretty good and and even trying to to not be a big disturbance in the woods just the this the fact that you're there and your presence in and out most days pressure makes a difference Uh, it makes turkeys kind of act a different way it makes them act funny they get a little more wary and um so to me turkeys are turkeys anywhere you go and uh you know there's there's quote unquote easy turkeys in places. There's easy turkeys in Alabama, even though, you know, that's a relative term. But, uh, (laughs) I mean, I, I killed a turkey in Vermont, for example, that was as tough as any turkey that I've ever killed. And to me, after I found the backstory on the place I was hunting, uh, it had been pressured to death and he acted exactly like it had been pressured to death. And so, it just, it's all relative to me. It depends on where you hunt, what time of year and all that, but pressure is kind of the the main thing to me in, in determining how a turkey acts.
0: So when you're, when you're talking about pressure, you know, Alabama and even Tennessee and a lot of the Southern states have higher, higher bag limit for turkeys. So I know in, in some States you go to and, you know, one or two and you're done but out here, you know, a guy goes out and kills a bird on opening day. Well, he's going to be out there until he kills his five. Do you find that in the South, there's more pressure um, that you kind of see the, you see the consequences, I guess, of that pressure more in the South, or would you say it's it's still pretty even?
1: Uh, it's hard to say. I, I almost don't feel qualified to answer that because I don't feel like I've traveled enough to to answer that accurately, but... I'm just my limited sample size, I would say there's probably more pressure in the south. And and like I said, this is all relative because you've got some lands, uh, you've got some tracts of private land that may be pretty expansive that receives hardly any pressure. And those birds are, you know, what you would consider almost tame. I mean, they, you know, they're relatively easy to kill, but uh, I would say overall as a whole, the south, Alabama and Mississippi in particular probably get, more pressure at least from and this is not a knock on on northern states at all because there's some really good turkey hunters up there but i think alabama mississippi probably have more really 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 good turkey hunters than any other two states in the in the country so and uh you know that's just just kind of speculating there so don't crucify me on that but
0: (laughs) no sure i mean that makes a whole lot of sense to me i meet I, i have met in the South, I mean, really, turkey season is great for a podcaster doing Southern episodes, you know, or interviewing Southern guests because it is – there. anybody who's out here killing turkeys, if you're – like I said earlier, if you're not hardcore about it, if you're not somewhat hardcore about it, you're not going to have a lot of luck. And the guys who are, you know, tagging out or killing you know, a, good, a good number are usually pretty hardcore. They've been doing it a while, and they've got a lot of knowledge. And you find that here in the South – maybe a little bit more, um, just from my perspective, you know, and, and I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that, uh, that like you said, all turkeys are going to act the same, you know, in that subspecies, the Eastern subspecies, they're going to, they're going to act similar, but they're going to respond differently, um, based on, you know, how many people they've seen in the last month, you know? And so that's, that's definitely, definitely a big deal. Drew, you got, you got a question for us?
2: Yeah, um, Jay. Since you have effectively offended everybody in the South except everybody in Alabama and Mississippi, um, <laughs> what, what what I was going to ask was I mean, I mean you, you know there, there's a guy in Tennessee right now that is like throwing his hat at at his phone right now, which I love. But uh, um, whenever you travel, um, whether that's up north, Tennessee, Illinois, um, is there what what do you look for whenever you step on new dirt? I mean, is there is there certain terrain features in Parker? If I'm getting ahead of some of the stuff you wanted to ask, just just let me know. But no, is, is there certain features, certain things that you wanted that that you find consistent, and also things that you also kind of lean towards and look for stepping on new dirt? Well, first of all, I didn't
1: mean to offend anyone, <laughs> and uh, surrounding <laughs> <laughs> come after me. Um. And and I, you know, like I said, to back that up, there's there's great turkey hunters in every state in America. There's just I think there's a higher concentration of them in, in the South because we've we've been doing this for so long. We've had turkey populations for so long that were huntable. Um, but anyways, back to your question. There's there's a couple things that I kind of look for. I always look for uh, water because where I've grown up there's a lot of rivers or excuse me where I've grown up hunting there's a lot of rivers and I've always always found birds near creeks and rivers and um, those sorts of things so to me that's kind of like a kind of like a comfort thing uh, or, a, or a confidence thing I guess knowing that if you find water I mean turkeys turkeys got to have it they love roosting over it they love being near it a lot of times even if there's Uh, timber management going on in the area they'll leave those areas around creeks and rivers as smz's and you know they'll they'll have a little bit of land there to kind of live in uh, open woods and stuff so i always look for water uh anything i do i'm always kind of drawn to it and uh you know to be honest a lot of the a lot of the stuff that i go to is unfamiliar because I'm not used to hunting anything with a lot of elevation and you know terrain features I mean most of what I've grown up hunting is river bottoms and you might have some sloughs here and there that kind of run into the river and roll a little bit uh but for the most part everything is is flat down here and uh so hunting stuff with elevation and hills and mountains and that sort of stuff it's different to me and I'm trying to learn it as I go and I'm, I'm still figuring it out but um as far as that goes uh i try to find places that are away from major roads and highways that's one of the first things i always look at when i start to sit down to kind of break down a large area on a map and and i'm i'm not great at this to be honest with you because i had not been doing it very long but if i go to a state i'll look i'll look for an area with uh, public land or whatever and w- within that public land i look at Everything around it, I try to look at major cities, highways, and everything, kind of shy away from those, and then uh, just keep kind of breaking it down further like that, and and a lot of times it just comes to dropping a bunch of pins on the map and trying to get in there and see what that actually looks like on the ground, and that's, that's kind of how I go about it. And like I said, I'm still learning, and I've, I've got a long way to go on that, but it's it's done okay for me so far.
0: <clears throat> so talking about river bottoms, you know, I know that's, that's something that you're f- very familiar with. I'm not, uh, I'm not familiar with, especially turkey hunting on a lot of river bottom land. Um, are you dealing with mostly, you know, uh, being in the woods? Do you have like agriculture and food plots and things like that that you're using to your advantage as well? Or is it pretty much just you're in the woods hunting, hunting woods birds? there's, there's open
1: areas. I don't have any ag where I hunt and, and, uh, around me. And, uh, we do have, there are, there are food plots and stuff that we hunt around. I'll say in the past 15 years, that's probably about the right time frame. Turkeys have, have almost stopped using our, our green fields and our food plots and our open areas. As much now, they'll still you'll still find them out in them occasionally here and there, but I can remember growing up as a kid coming and hunting the same places, and turkeys would stay out in these fields all day long, and you could almost always sneak up to some of these fields and some of these open areas and find these turkeys strutting out there with a bunch of hens or whatever just loafing around. The dynamic has changed, and in my mind, the biggest reason why is because of bald eagles. Uh, so. About 10 or 15 years ago, we we had never seen any hardly any bald eagles around where we hunt. and 10 or 15 years ago that all changed. for some reason they they kind of just found a home range near where we hunt and I have countless uh, countless encounters and episodes and stuff like that from eagles attacking turkeys, eagles killing turkeys. Uh, finding turkey feathers that sort of stuff i mean i've got pictures of them and i've seen it with my own eyes um turkeys a lot of times are are hesitant to be out in open fields i've seen them walking out in fields and they see as, as much as a shadow um come over the top of them and they run back in the woods i see turkeys all the time tilting their head and looking up at the sky now when they're in open areas and uh I think that's a direct result of uh, eagles. I mean, they just know they're vulnerable any time they get in those fields and stuff. So they just, they've just they kind of adapted to not use them as much. Um, so I I guess to answer your question, I, I do hunt fields and stuff occasionally if, if that's what it calls for. But more often than not, I try to get back in the woods and uh, just stay in the woods with them if I can.
0: You posted a picture on the Panola brand instagram uh back in january and uh as you were talking about that i remembered seeing it You posted a picture that is i mean like this eagle straight up demolished a turkey in a greenfield and uh yeah. i mean if if you guys want to see this it's just go to the panola brand uh all over case all one word and uh, go back to january 5th is when you posted it and it's just a sequence of trail camera pictures of this Eagle flying down and just obliterating. I guess it's it looks like a hen to me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, dude, I had never even heard of that until until you started talking <laughs> about it, or, or until I saw that post. I was like, holy cow! I did not realize that those were such a uh, such a big predator for for turkeys. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with area that you're in and things. I know owls will do that, um, but that's that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, not being yeah, not being in the field just because of that reason, you know, they're turkeys are at the, everything wants to eat them, including us. I mean, they're, they're a delicious animal. Let's just be real. Um, and everything wants to eat them and they don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of defenses, you know, that there's not a whole lot that they can do to protect themselves. And so, um, I, I, I find in, uh, the areas that I hunt, which typically there's not a lot of fields. There's not a lot of green fields. Um, it's pretty much just big woods that they're going to be in those big woods. But kind of thinking about that in that vein, um, I've noticed that you in, in a lot of your videos, I've noticed that it's not uncommon for you to be using uh, thicker cover to your advantage as far as like keeping yourself hidden and things like that. And as far as turkeys concern, you know, in in the south, there's a lot of those thickets, and uh, you got pine thickets with heavy undergrowth. Is there is there a lot of advantages that you see to that type of habitat diversity for turkeys that you're looking for?
1: Well, what what I look for, I guess, I guess to answer your question about using thicker cover. To uh, set up in a lot of what a hunt's flat, and if, if you get in some of these river bottoms, it's a prime example of this is episode one from last season 2020. I was in Mississippi and I found myself in some river bottom hardwoods that were just wide open, man. They looked like a football field almost because it was so early in the season, nothing was green, and there was a turkey goblin in there. So, this is not uncommon for for what I normally hunt so I felt kind of at home but you know in that there's definitely some challenges so uh, that turkey can see forever in uh, those open woods and so when you go to set up on that turkey what I've learned to do is to try to find something that he can't see around and he can't see through and sometimes uh, those setups you know are, are better than others but in that particular hunt the only thing that I could find in that that swampy bottom right there was two giant oak trees side by side. And they, to me, they gave me just enough of a blind spot for that turkey to make him think that that hen was still behind those trees. So typically when I'm in situations like that, whether it be planted pines that are open or uh, hardwoods, I'll try to find a blowdown, down, uh, some type of thick spot where maybe a tree fell and there's, you know, there's some undergrowth starting to come up. I try to find some type of visual barrier to where he can't see and he's, he's got to come looking for that hen and I'll, I'll set up right on the edge of it to where I can shoot out in front of it. And, you know, that's to me, that's what I've had the most success doing, but uh, every situation is different on that.
0: Do you find that turkeys use uh, what we kind of established? And I I don't think it's not a secret for anybody that they're kind of a bottom of the food chain type animal. Um, do you find that they use thicker cover um and, and stick close to thicker cover to get away from potential predators as far as like deer are are edge creatures and I think even Rick Taylor, our guest last week talked about turkeys being the same way. Um, they they like to travel along edges. Do you find that turkeys use that as kind of escape routes for them and they stick close to thicker cover? Or do you think it just really doesn't matter all that much to them?
1: No, I definitely think it matters. I mean, they're, they're going to have every advantage that they can to uh, to avoid being eaten. And, you know, if that means getting in a, a thicket, you know, they can't be seen or, or gotten to as well, then that's what they're going to do. But uh, I, I will say a lot of times when a if a gobbler is, is gobbling, you know, you've got a thicket on one side of you and you think, no way he's going to go that way, and he shuts up. Uh, you know, occasionally that gobbler will go into that thicket, and when he goes into thick areas, he probably won't gobble near as much. Because I mean, that's just my experience. If if they do walk through thicker areas, they won't hardly gobble in it. But uh, I do think they'll use it for cover. I think they'll they'll run in there to you know if they feel threatened or whatever, or just want to check an area out. I mean, they can go in there and kind of feel hidden and safe for a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I I believe we were talking when I talked to Catman last spring. He was talking about that in Tennessee. They've got a lot of those cedar thickets, and he talked about yeah. you know a lot of them using the, using it that way. And I actually noticed it. Um, I've noticed it quite a bit as far as I've seen a lot of turkeys uh, in the areas that I hunt. They will they will roost on those hard hard transitions, and they'll get like if there's a a, a open hardwoods with a Uh, thicker pine thicket, you know, with maybe some taller trees right there on the edge, they'll, they'll actually roost over the thicket and they'll pitch down into the, into the open hardwoods. And, uh, and so I actually noticed it, um, I guess it was yesterday, yesterday morning, we were doing a, we were hog hunting and I saw a long beard that was walking, I mean, just walking the edge, just like a deer would. I mean, exactly like you would imagine seeing a big, a big buck, right inside, right inside the thick woods, um, the thick pines, right on the edge of open hardwoods, and um, I really started, you know, thinking about it. Obviously, I think turkeys, and you could correct me if I'm, if you think I'm wrong too, or, or share your opinion. I think turkeys uh, are a little bit, a little bit dumber than we give them credit for. But then I see things like that, and I'm like, Well maybe they're a little bit smarter than we give them credit for. And, uh, and, and I just wonder, you know, if uh, when, whenever I look at a big open hardwood ridge, I think, man, I could just see a big gobbler walking through there, scratching and doing his thing. Um, but maybe some tactics could be adjusted just a little bit to be a little bit more similar to deer hunting. Would you agree or disagree?
3: I.
1: I don't know. I I think that
0: (laughs) that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff to to say and then be like, yes or no.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it is. Um, I, I see what you're saying. I definitely think they use edges. I mean, I think every animal in the woods almost uses edges of habitat. Um, and, and to me it gives them a quick option, whether they need to go to one or the other based on, you know, what scenario presents itself. But, uh, and I, I, back to the turkeys being smarter or dumber, they are an animal. I feel like they have reasons for doing what they do most of the time. Um But, you know, like us, a lot of times you'll do something and you'll think, well, why did I do that? You know, yeah. you, you kind of just have a mental lapse every once in a while. And, and I don't know that turkeys don't do the same sometimes. But uh, I uh I think that the older ones over – a certain amount of time they they kind of get more advanced in their reasoning skills and stuff and maybe maybe certain encounters have led them to be as as uh i guess wily and hard to kill as they are um like some of the i'm sure y'all hunted some of the same birds that you considered older birds that you know just did things that were just off just a little bit weird um so I don't know
3: if I answered your question.
0: No, not. yeah, you, d- you definitely did. I just, you know, I think it's good for people listening um, to kind of just hear hear a, a dialogue talking about, you know, different scenarios. You know, like um, some people, some people, the only thing they have to hunt is thickets or cutovers. I can think of several WMAs um, that I've been to that, I mean, you're... You're very limited in the amount of open hardwoods that you're gonna get, and um, and you have a lot of you know timber companies coming in and cutting down stuff, and you got real thick overgrown cutovers, and still there's turkeys there. You know the turkeys are finding a way to adapt to that, and so I think it's just I like talking because I think on all the videos that you see and and TV shows that you see, it's gonna be pretty typical birds in fields or open woods. Um, but the reality is, is like you and I both know, that's not always the case. You don't always have that. And so you've, you've got to adapt to your area that you hunt and, uh, and things can be a little bit different, you know, depending on where you're at. So talking, yeah. talking about, you know, river bottoms and, and the areas that you hunt, are there, are there like specific things that you, um, that you have learned just as far, when I've hunted river bottoms, you have, you know, cane breaks and you've got, um, just, you've got standing water, just random places, swamps and standing water. Um, are there things that those turkeys do that you would say are incredibly different from, you know, a a, a group of turkeys that it might be in a, in a, uh, hilly country, hilly terrain? Are there certain things about river bottom turkeys that you, that you would say are like specific about their behavior?
1: Uh, I'm racking my brain here. The The problem with this question is I don't have enough experience probably to answer, you know, on, on behalf of the hilly terrain or mountainous terrain turkeys. Sure. Um, I'm, lot of times our river bottom turkeys will find water and they'll roost over it or very near it uh, whether that be a creek a little drain or uh, an actual river and uh you know that that's not to say that they always do but a lot of times you know that's where you'll find them and i I think they find some safety in that being being over water uh i think they will walk through standing water if they take a notion to I, i i can think of one place in particular where I hunt a lot, it's a pretty swampy place, and turkeys kind of use it like a highway. They're always going back and forth through there, and it's very open, and it's hard to, kind of hard to kill them in there because the middle, it's it's like a strip of hardwood, in the middle of it, uh, is just almost out of shotgun range from each edge. So it's you know you kind of almost got to be out in it a little bit, which exposes you to try to get a shot at them when they pass through there. But I noticed not long ago, uh, it seems like the path that, and I was really kind of analyzing this when I was in there, uh, deer and deer season, the path that the turkeys take a lot of times through that area, everything in there is swampy and it's, you know, it's not very deep water, but it's, it's uh, maybe a little less than ankle deep. A lot of times there's one little higher spot that runs right down the middle of that thing. And I, it, it hit me during deer, deer season when I saw it, I said, that's what those turkeys are kind of like hanging more towards is that little high spot. I mean, when they come through there, they're finding that little higher ground right there to walk on. And, you know, if we were doing the same thing, if we were walking through that area every day, our natural instincts would be to do the exact same thing, to find that high ground. And, you know, a lot of that comes from just knowing, knowing the place you're hunting and uh, knowing the terrain and stuff. But uh, they, they have tendencies, but, you know, I, I can't really compare and contrast because I, I just feel like I don't have a big enough sample size uh, with uh, the other type of birds that you mentioned.
0: <clears throat> I think you answered that well. Uh, that's, that was what I wanted to hear. I, I'm the exact opposite in that I've got, I don't have a huge, as you said, sample size for hunting flatter river bottom land, but that was really what I was kind of getting at was, you know, I, I have hunted deer a little bit more in flat river bottom stuff, and I find that a lot of the trails tend to be right on the edge, the water's edge, and the water can dictate, the water levels can dictate, you know, obviously where they're going to be at, and um, mm-hmm. I, I was just curious on that, just as far as, if you've, if you've watched turkeys, a lot of times just stick to those same patterns almost like almost like they're like they're using a trail or or something like that that was that was really what I was getting at so um I think you answered that answered that really well are there certain things uh, I've talked to a uh, a biologist before about a river bottom area that I do hunt occasionally and um in this in this area they don't have a ton of opportunities to turkey hunt and the part of the reason is because the water levels can fluctuate so much that it could potentially, if you have, if you open up turkey season on this whole area, and the water levels rise, and you've got hunters in there killing turkeys, it could wipe out the population really quick. Do you find that being an issue in the places that you hunt?
1: No, I, d- I definitely see what you're talking about because that, I mean, I, that could absolutely be an issue. I mean, when the water comes up, those turkeys it's a weird thing They sometimes they don't necessarily concentrate like you might think deer would or something, but sometimes they'll they'll just completely move out of that area in my experience. So, you know, anyways, with that, with the water rising, you, you basically decrease the land area and you increase the, the hunter pressure in those land areas. So what little birds are using those areas? Yeah. You could definitely probably over harvest, but um, as far as where I hunt, it's it's not really ever been an issue because the water now i think I'm trying to remember maybe a couple of years ago we had probably one of the biggest floods that i can ever remember the water got up and it stayed up for i don't know man maybe a week or so and uh, they finally started pulling it off and uh, the water started going back down but um those those birds it was before the season so nobody was hunting and uh, that's good but I will say this about floods and stuff, it can definitely mess up turkeys. I mean, I've I've been in areas where I mean you go in one morning and you hear multiple birds gobbling really well and you think, man, this is a great place. Uh, I'm gonna do really well here. <clears throat> it starts raining for a few days. The river jumps up pretty pretty substantially and after it kind of gets back sunny to where you think they'll gobble again. I mean, I've been back in that place and probably within two weeks after that flood, you haven't heard anything gobbling there again. It's almost like they just vanished. Mm -hmm. And so it, it definitely affects them for sure. I mean, and I think it affects nesting, probably, you know, probably affecting nesting is more detrimental than actually the gobblers. Um, you know, because there's no telling how many nets get flooded and that sort of stuff, but uh, the water water levels can definitely make a difference. Um, I've, I'm thinking back to a hunt I had a few years back when the water got up really high, and there was one road uh, right near a river, and the water was flowing all around it, and there was one high spot on that road, but from the water's edge, from where I was at, looking across the flooded timber, that road was probably 150 yards, and there was a there was a gobbler roosted over the river and he flew down on that road and he stayed there and strutted and gobbled for over an hour. And there was nothing I could do about it because it was, it was flowing water between me and him and he just had one little hot spot. So huh. turkeys do weird things, but, um, uh, you know, it, that, that water will definitely affect them. And, you know, I, I tend to think that it might push them, some of them completely out of an area.
0: Do you use, obviously you do use water a lot, but, um, just because you're you're in those river bottom areas, but is do you find that a lot of your success in those river bottom areas comes from water kind of dictating a route that a turkey might take? Uh, yeah. I mean,
1: definitely they they tend to hang closer to you know after they fly down there on the ground and stuff. They they definitely follow uh, river edges, creek edges, slough edges, that sort of stuff. Um, the, I guess the, the problem comes when you've got to get him across one of those or two of those or three of those. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've just grown up dealing with. And a lot of people I've heard that you don't hear it as much as, as I guess I used to, but you know, a lot of people, you say, you can't call a Turkey across water. Well, you absolutely can and uh i've i've had to do it a lot because you know there'll be a turkey goblin across the river or something and and you don't hear anything else where you're gonna try it you know and and uh to me if a turkey wants to come he's gonna come
3: mm-hmm.
1: um a big part of that is you've got to be in a spot that he wants to come I will, i'll i'll kind of hash this hunt out real quick to give you an example of that Uh, several springs ago, we were having a pretty rough season and turkey numbers were down. I mean, kills were down, all that good stuff. And, uh, we only had about one or two birds that we knew of that, you know, we could even hunt. And I don't think I'd even killed one at this point in the spring, but there was a particular bird that would gobble really, really good. And, uh, we, we never could really kind of get him in range. We had multiple hunts with him where, (laughs) <laughs> for some reason or another, two two of those hunts, he just took off running. And we, to this day, we cannot figure out why. I mean, we we looked at our entire setup. We looked at if anything was shining. We always try to wear good camouflage. I mean, everything about our setup was good, and he was far enough away that, you know, he shouldn't have went running. But for some reason, he did. And uh, that's not saying that we didn't do something wrong, but we named Turkey Forrest Gump. And so... <laughs> hunting forest for a while and uh so we we called him one morning he was gobbling across the river and he didn't start gobbling he didn't say a word until probably i don't know an hour after daylight i was gonna say seven i don't know what time it was but hour after daylight he starts gobbling he starts gobbling pretty good so we get to a spot where we think we can call him across me and my brother we we start. i always start slow when i'm calling i get accused of overcalling all the time on my videos and you know, at, at the same time, I post a video where we don't call, and we get in the way of the gobbler and kill it, and still get complaints on that, but um, you know, I, I probably do call a little much sometimes, but we always, I always try to start slow, and you know, by the end of it, I'm usually calling a good bit, so called a good bit to this turkey, and he was gobbling really well. We, we played the whole thing where he answered us, and we shut up for a good, good while, and he kept gobbling, and so eventually, I mean, about three hours had went by and this turkey essentially had not moved. I mean, he would go back and forth over there, but he would, he never would come closer. He never would kind of make move to our side. So what we finally did is we got up and we started walking up the river bottom, separated just a little bit, and we started walking up river from it. And we were trying to get another area that was a pretty area to hunt. And we were calling back. Forth as we went. When we finally got about 150 yards up river to that pretty low area, and we called to him, he gobbled and we said, hey, closer for sure. But so we sat down within two minutes. We heard wing beats, and that sucker had flown and he was on our side. And so it didn't end there. It still took about 45 minutes of him gobbling right there in our face. And I finally got a shot at him and killed him. He was an older bird. And, uh, I bet you that morning he gobbled 250 or 300 times and the the biggest thing in that hunt that was, that led us to be able to kill him was getting in the spot that he wanted to be. Hmm. I mean, we could have, we could have sat where we were the entire morning and called until he finally just gave up and we would have never killed him, but we made that move up the river, got to where he wanted to be and he met us there. So That's, that's definitely a thing, uh, trying to get to where they want to be. You don't always know where that's at, but you'll know it if you get there.
0: Sure. And talking about this specific scenario, I would imagine you, you kind of had an idea of where he wanted to be because you knew the area. Well, would you say that's the case? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, in this, in this spot, you know, you mentioned that it was, it was a nice area. Was it an area that you had, had success at before or was it a spot that you had, you know, maybe scouted and found fresh sign? Um, what about that area just stuck out to you?
1: I've heard, I've got on turkeys in there before. I'm uh, pretty sure we had heard him in that area um, not long before that. And my brother had actually killed a bird in there the day before. And uh, it's just a pretty, bottom. I don't know what kind of trees those are. I don't know if they're cottonwoods or what, but um, it's just pretty, pretty open river bottom right there by the river. And, and, uh, he had been using it in the past. And so, you know, I remembered that and I said, well, maybe if we get up there in that spot where he was gobbling at, maybe that's where he wants to be. And, and sure enough, man, as soon as we got there, he made bee line and flew across. So,
3: hmm.
1: you know, I, I guess i say all that to, to kind of sum it up with this, just because there's a river or a creek or something in your way. Um, yeah, it, it's always better to try to get to where you don't have any obstacles between you and him but don't let that discourage you because you can absolutely call turkeys across water um i've seen them fly a long way and and one of the one of the keys to me in getting turkey to fly across water is multiple hens sometimes you can do it by yourself um, with one call sometimes you do it by yourself and you got to use maybe a all in a box kind of call back and forth, like two him,
3: mm-hmm. you've got
1: to, me and my brother always say, you've got to kind of sweeten the pot for them. You know, you've got to make it worth their while to want to come to that riverbank and fly across. Of it. And, uh, it works really well. If you've got two people, you can call back and forth and, and, you know, it, it takes what some people might call might refer to as over calling to do it. I mean, you got to get on him a little bit sometimes, but, uh, you, you got to get him excited enough to want to come see what the party's about.
0: Yeah, man, that's that's good stuff. That's solid information right there. I find myself being in those situations fairly regularly, hunting close to water, um, yeah. and not really knowing what to do. Do you make a move? Do you try to get across somehow? Do you get in your kayak or whatever yeah. and, and try to get across to there, or um, do you try to wait it out and, and make it, and convince them, you know, and uh, I think I think that's really solid information for a lot of guys, especially new turkey hunters um, and guys who maybe haven't spent a ton of time out in the woods chasing after them. So I think that's really good, man. I had, uh, uh, so many things that I I did want to talk about, but I feel like we've, we've kind of, uh, we're getting close to an hour and, uh, we haven't reached any of that stuff, but man, I I don't feel cheated at all. I feel like we got a a great episode out of that for sure. Um, drew, do you have anything else before we, uh, get to the speed round? No, the, uh, the,
2: The only thing, Jay, I was going to ask is, um, and this kind of goes into the speed round. Do you, uh, do you use a decoy at all? I used to,
1: I, I've, I've contemplated doing a video on this because that's a hot topic these days for sure. Right. Um, so decoys, I think were legalized in Alabama in 2007 and you know, like most people, I, I started using them when they became legal and we found success using them a lot and I, you know, for a guy that videos, a decoy is probably the easiest way to get footed. And so I did that and we plugged along for several years using decoys and it was great. We had a lot of fun, killed a lot of birds. Uh, I got to a point in my hunting career and it just got to be where it wasn't fulfilling anymore for me. Uh, I got tired of, there's only so many videos of you know, birds running into decoys, you can watch in my mind. And I, I got tired of seeing it. I got tired of watching our own videos because they all, to a certain extent, they all look the same. And so it, it's to me, it started bothering me when I realized I'm setting up on this turkey just strictly so he can see that I'm not setting up on this turkey to call him in range. And that's, that's when it kind of got to me. And it, it kind of hit all around the same time that I wanted to become a better hunter and all of that. So I kind of made a decision like, all right, I'm going, I'm going to start hunting without decoys. And me and my brother have argued about it a little bit because, you know, I mean, he wants to kill a turkey and heck, that's a good way to kill a turkey. But, um, you know, we've, we've kind of compromised now. And most mornings we just, I mean, most every morning, like we took one this morning for, for my nephew, but I, I think it's important for kids to have success and to see, to see the interaction and, and have a good shot opportunity. But as far as when I'm hunting, um, I, I try not to take one. I don't ever take one of them when I'm by myself and it just, it's a personal thing. It got to be where, when I stopped using them and I started killing turkeys and I started getting better at getting one in range, it was much, much more rewarding when I did that without the decoy. And, uh, it changed my hunting style changed from the mindset I've just got to get to where he can see this decoy, which a lot of times you just stick it in the road. If he's 200 yards away and you know, he's going to walk out in that road. That's all you got to worry about. Hmm. Whereas you don't, have, you don't have that decoy. It's totally different. So I, now I enjoy the cat and mouse. I love the, you know, I love the game and, uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking anybody that uses them. It's just a personal choice for me, and uh, that's the way I choose to do it. And I, you know, I've had people message me about it and stuff, and I say, you know, if you're struggling with it or you, you want to do something different, kill one or two with a decoy and then try it without it. See, see if you can do it. And you know, if you if you finally kill one without it, you might find that it is more rewarding. But you know, to each his own. Um, if it's if it's legal, you know, go for it. But it's just—it's kind of the way I got to be where I am right now—is—is is, uh, just a natural hunter progression, I guess, of wanting to wanting to be better.
0: Sure, that makes Please. a lot of sense. I mean, a lot of people have reasons, you know. I've—I've I've carried a decoy, and I still will um, from time to time. Now, I will say that I have not had a lot of success over a decoy, and I think mm-hmm. what you said earlier, Jay—the uh, amount of pressure that an area receives could have a lot to do with the amount of success that you might have over a decoy. Because if you hunt an area with a lot of people, well, there's a lot of people out there throwing up decoys and using decoys and, um, going back to just talking about maybe turkeys might be a little bit smarter than we, we give them credit for credit for from time to time. You know, there's things about a decoy that aren't realistic to them. And, uh, Yeah. yeah, And so I think that has a lot to do with it. I haven't had a whole lot of success with them. I'll still carry one every once in a while. And, uh, you know, just for middays whenever I'm not hearing anything gobbling, I'll just set up in a spot that has a lot of sign, throw the decoy up and hope one shows up at some point. But, um, cool, man. Well, Jay, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. We've got one more thing and it's, uh, it's a speed round. And in this speed round, what we do is we just ask you pretty simple questions. You don't have to give an in-depth answer. Just uh, some of them might be yes or no. Some of them might be just, you know, just really simple things. Just a little bit about your hunting style, the gear that you're using, and uh, and stuff like that. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Number one question. What kind of gun are you using?
1: Benelli M2, 24-inch barrel, 20-gauge. Uh, uh, it has a... Trigon RMR red dot on it and i uh, shoot the factory full choke it's dipped in Mossy Oak green leaf and uh I shoot my own loaded TSS.
0: All right, well that was the next question is what type of turkey loads are you using? You're using the Panola brand TSS. I'm going to assume that's not available on your website, correct? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um I have a question about that uh and maybe we could talk about it offline a little bit. Is it, uh, is it more expensive these days? I know it's hard to find any type of uh, ammo for any type of gun, and TSS is running, the, the prices are being run up as we speak. Is it more expensive or cheaper for somebody to get into the whole uh, self-loading stuff?
1: Uh, that's a hard question to answer, but I'm going to say it's probably cheaper to buy them off the shelf now because when I started, that wasn't available. Apex didn't exist, and um you know when i when i do something i like to have the, the right tools to do it uh you know quickly and that sort of stuff so i've bought a couple things like a a grain or a powder scale and when you start buying some of those specific things like your price per round just jumps out the roof
0: yeah so
1: unless you're shooting a ton of turkeys every single year uh it's going to take a long time for it to kind of you know pay off yeah um, versus Buying them off the shelf. So I would say buying them buying them off the shelf is probably the cheaper way to go these days.
0: Well, there you have it. All right. So um, I think I know the answer to this just based on our conversation. But uh, wood birds or field birds?
3: Woods.
0: Woods. I agree with you on that one. Um, all right. Turkey nuggets, fried turkey nuggets or grilled turkey breast? Fried. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you. Something that Rick, uh, Rick Taylor, I don't know if you know Rick, but he's a super good guy. We uh, had him on the show last week, and he told us about a recipe. And he actually killed two uh, two longbeards in South Florida yesterday, and I saw him post a video of this today. Um, he did like a, a grilled, like r- grilled nuggets wrapped in bacon, and then he drizzled honey on top of them. And I'm like, oh. that might take the cake <laughs> for me the first time I try it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah it uh it looks pretty it looks pretty good so all right moving on uh what is your and of all the states that you've hunted where is your favorite state to hunt turkeys i gotta
1: be alabama man
0: alabama all right are you a beard guy or a spur guy
2: (laughs) uh man i
1: there's something about seeing those long spurs but to be honest with you Full fan i don't really care i mean if he's if he's a mature bird and he gobbles and does his thing then i'm i'm good with it whatever he is they're all unique i mean they've you know they all uh i mean i, I would say the gobbles more than anything uh, so I, I don't really care one way or another that's
0: a good answer that works i'm the same way man i don't give a crap what he's got no. if he's if he's right. gobbling i'm i'm gonna kill him um all yeah. right what yeah. is your favorite weather condition to hunt turkeys in? That's a
2: good question. Probably probably about a
1: 60 high day, um,
0: sunny, slight breeze, low humidity, say.
1: I mean I, I don't know if that's
0: Yeah. Do you find that, that that you that they're gobbling more on those type of days, or it's just more comfortable. What what would you say is the reason for that?
1: All of the above. I w- I would also add in if I'm just making my perfect day. I need I need all the other birds to be chirping because uh, I don't know if y'all have ever paid attention to this, but it seems like there's something to it. And to me, in my in my mind, in my way of thinking. If you walk outside your door, whether you're at home or office or wherever, and you you hear all the little songbirds and tweedy birds out there chirping and stuff, and everything's kind of alive and active, to me, and this is not always true because it's kind of a letdown sometimes, but when I hear that, I get excited because I feel like turkeys are going to be vocal. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's just kind of, it gets me excited thinking about it, but uh, yeah, I, I don't really...
0: I mean, as long as it's not like too terribly cold or too terribly hot, any day the turkey hunt's a good day, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, last question here, and uh, this is going to be the question that everybody judges you by. And we have, oh, asked, yeah. we have asked the question um, as a yes or no type question before, and I want to get a little bit more specific with you. Is there any scenario that you can think of where you would, you yourself would shoot a jake? Uh,
1: by accident, I guess. Uh, he comes in goblin. He's got a got a big head. Maybe he's not strutting. Maybe maybe his beard is questionable, like a like a six incher or something. Um, you know, or, or I I've heard a lot of these stories, and this hasn't happened to me yet. But uh, you know, you've got a roll in the hill or whatever, and you hear the bird goblin coming. He's got a a really really deceiving full gobble and uh, you know you see the bird stick his head up and you see just enough of his beard and you squeeze the trigger and you walk up there and he's a jake so um, I guess those scenarios I mean I'm I'm definitely not not out there to jake's and that's not really what I like to do so that's that's the only scenario I can think of um, So
0: so on accident that would be the scenario that you would possibly shoot a jake in yeah that's, that's fair fair answer everybody's different on it um so, and some yeah. people honestly jay some people surprise us with it like some people uh they'll be like well heck yeah i'll shoot a jake and i'm like man i did not expect <laughs> you to say yes um to that no. rick rick our, our guest last week i've talked about him a couple of times it Was a great episode if anybody hasn't listened to it but um his his was uh you know he gobbles like a man he can die like a man and uh, I've heard that said before, and I wasn't expecting it from him. But uh, everybody's yeah, different on it. There's not a—I don't think there's a right or wrong. It's just personal preference. And uh, yeah, and
1: I, here's my reasoning. Um, I, I think I think about some of the deer and stuff I've shot. Like you, you, we've probably all felt this to a degree when you shoot a buck that you know you think is bigger, or you get excited and you shoot it, and you you finally get down to it, and you're like. You got a little remorse, like you're like, man,
3: I don't,
1: I, I don't really, I wish I wouldn't have shot that. I guess, and so I, I hate the fact of killing an animal, and you have remorse that you killed it. I mean, I feel like if you kill an animal, you should, you should own it, you should be tickled about it, and, and I just know if I shot a Jake and I walked up to it, that, you know, it's it's just not gonna, it's not gonna fulfill me the way that a long beard would. So, sure, that's what I think about.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just the experience that you're looking for, and the, the yep. hunt that you're after. So I get it, man. Yep. I I I completely understand, and uh, I think everybody can make those type of decisions for themselves. You know, based on on the the hunt that they wanna that they wanna have. So, again, yep. dude, uh, go ahead. I interrupt you a little bit. I was just gonna say, man, as long as people are having fun and and you know, I
1: mean, trying to trying to enjoy the outdoors and hunting and stuff, and they're doing it legally, then, man, that's all you can ask for. That's what it's all about.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jay, I appreciate you coming on the show, man, and uh, and talking with yeah, us bro, for a little bit. Yeah, bro, appreciate it. That was a great, great episode. I I, I know I learned, learned some, and uh, I imagine everybody that listened to it learned something. And if you don't take anything else out of this, which I am pro- probably talking to a minority of people, because that was a... a <laughs> pretty information rich episode especially talking about river bottom type turkey hunting Uh, but if you are part of that minority of people that uh, was like I already knew everything about this stuff go and check out Panola Productions on YouTube and uh, I promise you you won't be disappointed if you like watching real raw turkey hunting this stuff is awesome Jay does a great job with the production of it and uh, and really being able to follow him along on his hunts. And I know I sure have enjoyed it. I think you guys will too, but with that being said, Jay, I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, we got, we're, we're less than a week out from us being able to kill birds. So good luck this weekend, dude. I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do this season.
1: Well, good luck to you guys too. I I really appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the kind words. I always enjoy talking turkey hunting with with guys that love it. So uh, good luck to you guys this spring and, you know, hope, hope it's a good one for you
0: thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the southern ground hunting podcast as always a big shout out to all of our partners that's go wild spartan forge tethered new canoe and scree gear you can keep up with southern ground hunting by following us on facebook and instagram or you can subscribe to us on the youtube channel and make sure you check out southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch hats t-shirts stickers stuff like that I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you here again next week remember this god gave you dominion over the birds of the air the fish of the sea and the beasts of the earth so go out and exercise that dominion we'll talk to you next time